0: This Hartford Current Podcast is presented by the Hartford Law Firm of Rascassian Davis. On the Yukon Insider Podcast, we have a very special guest in Mark D'Amelio. Uh, for those of you that don't know, he and his family have become very famous because of their two daughters, Charlie and Dixie, for their famous TikTok dances. Um, he's a Yukon superfan. Uh, he graduated from Yukon in 1991, and, uh, you know, we're super, super excited to have him on the podcast and talk to him about his fandom and his favorite players and everything in between. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Yukon Insider Podcast. Alexa Philippu and me, our Trey Eslada, are on with a very special guest, Yukon Superfan Mark D'Amelio. I hope I pronounced that correct this time around. Yeah, We're super, super excited about getting to talk to him about his Yukon fandom. Uh, living in L.A. and meeting other UConn fans and, and just his thoughts about the men and women's team. How are you doing today, Mark?
1: I am doing well, coming off a win last night in overtime um, against St. John's. Uh, so feeling good today.
0: Absolutely. What was your uh, main takeaway from the game last night?
1: Look, I think everyone says they're, they're having problems closing games out, which is obvious. But, like, dude, as a fan... I, against a decent Big East team, what were they, 10-4, and four? even though it was at home, a win's a win, I think they're going to get better as the season progresses, I, I love the fact that they didn't let this one slip away, so um, I'm happy, it's so funny how you have so many great, we all have all these great things going on in our lives outside of, uh, of sports and, and UConn basketball, but, and I'm sitting here in LA, and I got a all these wonderful things going on, but the, a, a basketball game could change my whole demeanor and how I feel <laughs> the next day. So it's nuts.
0: No, I completely feel the same way. You've probably seen my Celtics tweets. I, uh, Alexa makes fun of me a lot of times. I just, you know, I, it ruins my day when they lose and, and when they win in a way, it makes me a lot more happier than it should. <laughs>
2: Well, we're lucky that we have you on right after a win because I'm sure this uh, maybe the tone of the podcast would be different if uh, they were coming off a overtime loss and, you know, they blew a, a lead after that. But uh, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people, Mark, just want to know like they know um, a little bit about your story, a little bit about your family story. But the Yukon fandom and your Yukon roots is something maybe people don't know as much about. So I'd love to actually start if you could describe to us. How you became a UConn fan, you're obviously a UConn alum, so that's a huge part of it, but what was your experience like at UConn, and can you just take us through a little bit about, um, you know, how you bleed blue, and what your experience was like when you were there?
1: Yeah, absolutely, so I was, um, I I grew up in Fairfield County, Connecticut, Um, I remember the, the, my senior year, where a lot of my friends, where people don't realize that when, in the late 80s, UConn, Was a 90% of the students were from Connecticut. It was considered a safety school. Um, They were uh, not great in basketball. And I ended up, I was looking at a few biggie schools. I was looking at Boston College, Syracuse, and Yukon. And I I ended up going to community college for a couple of years, transferred up there. And but I I saw the NIT game in Madison Square Garden when they, when, when Cal, I think that was Calhoun's second year. And they won that game against Ohio State. And I remember driving home and I didn't look at UConn as being a safety school. I looked at uh, someplace that I, I wanted to go. And we, I got there in 88 and those teams were just the teams that started. You know, I know there was other great teams in the uh, good teams in the seventies, but that team, when we had Tate, George, um, Scott Burrell came on, Chris Smith, um, and, and, and that was it. And then I was living in New York City, moved to New York City after college, came back to Connecticut. And then we, uh, my, my wife and I had our two daughters and we would try to get up to, to games as much as possible. Um, but with just the life of, of bringing up two daughters, it, it, there was a lot of other things going on. And as they started to get older, I think right before the pandemic, I, I, I uh, got season tickets for Gamble. And, but I've always stayed a, a fan for, you know, throughout um, I always bleed blue, but now it's been, now that uh, I have more time to focus on it, it's, it's, it's become a big passion of mine again.
0: Absolutely. Is there like a, a certain player that was your favorite back in the day that you kind of like, did you model your game on the court after, if you play basketball at all?
1: I loved uh, Khalid El-Amin. I mean, he was, and it's so funny because he was. We were talking about it last night because Calhoun was such a disciplinarian, and you would see him if someone did something, he uh, a little showboaty, he'd pull him out of the game, and and not not. But then all of a sudden, I noticed with El Amin, he started to have this different demeanor because it wasn't him just showboating; it was just him having the ultimate confidence. And when he jumped on the table uh, for the pit game, I would I would have thought Calhoun would have ripped him off. <laughs> And it was just like, no, he, his passion was infectious and, and, you know, a little bit, uh, shorter guy, um, but just would drive the lane and make plays and hit a three and, and yeah, him more, he more than the obvious ones like Ray and Rip and those guys, that was one that I, he was one that I always loved.
2: So you mentioned it a little bit, but you were saying how, uh, the basketball team like really started to get good when you were there. And obviously after you left that, you know, the men's team has won their titles, the women's team has won theirs. Um, I'm just curious what it was like to watch from afar, you know, the school really become a basketball powerhouse. I mean, I Shreyas and I always joke about like, oh, is it actually the basketball capital of, you know, the world, but it's a pretty, you know, if it's not the basketball capital of the world, it's probably up there. So what was it like to see that from the you know perspective of alumni who saw it before it was like what it was today?
1: Well, I'll give you a couple of interesting stories. So I became friendly with the point guard on the women's team named Debbie Bear. And when I was there, they opened up Gamble Pavilion and UConn women were, were not what they were today, but they were pretty good. And I believe a fourth ranked Iowa team came into Gamble Pavilion. And I don't even think I had a ticket. You just walked in, all the, and, I, and I walked down and I remember sitting like close to the bench and just saying, hey, Debbie, like that, it was just so and looking at it now that how far the women's team has come is just and that was probably Oriema's second or third year there, maybe 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 a little longer. Um, and then say, same thing with with the men's team. I remember seeing games uh, at, at the field house and seeing Jeff Calhoun, who's going to EO Smith shoot around when he was still in high school. And then throughout my time, just three years at UConn, seeing them go to the elite eight and and seeing the, the um, watching the shot that um, Tate George threw to uh, Scott Burrell through to Tate George to win that game against, against Clemson when they were up by a lot. So I kind of, in a short period of time, they went from being basically not known except in Connecticut to start to get some national attention. And then after graduation, it just got better and better. I remember was thinking, man, if UConn man could just make a final four, we got so close so many times. Then they made the final four, won the national championship and then four national championships under our belt. And I will tell you, even in 91, my first job that I got was with a clothing company And I remember the guy went to the president of the company, I think went to Stanford and I said, I went to UConn and he knew exactly because he was a basketball fan. So even back then in the early nineties, UConn helped me, uh, being, being associated with the UConn brand helped me.
0: That's awesome. It's awesome. Do you have like a a favorite memory, um, you know, from then? And I guess now in the, in the later years of the men's and the women's team?
1: Yeah, so my favorite memory was we were all at Huskies. Um, I went down, it was, I believe it was a Sweet 16 game against Clemson to get into the uh, Elite Eight. And we were up by a lot and um, Clemson had a center that was amazing and, and they ended up UConn. That, that's the game that, that holds uh, Tate George full court pass, um, Scott Burrell full court pass to, to Tate George for the win. And I remember we were in Huskies. That's when Huskies was just up the street from Ted's and people were basically tears in their eyes and they they won that game. So that's probably one of the coolest experiences. Um, And then I actually drove up to um, drove down to New Jersey to see them play, to see them play lose to Duke. So that was that game. And then I did get to see, live at Madison square garden, the Allen Iverson game against when Ray Allen drove the lane against, uh, against Iverson and hit the shot and won the game. And that's probably my favorite game. Cause the U- UConn fans always took over Madison square garden. And that was one of the ones it was like, a it was home court advantage for us.
2: Well, I, I don't know how often you get back to campus now. Um, since now that you're in LA, but what is it like to go on campus these days and to see just like the physical transformation too and also to, you know, whenever you are, get to games to kind of see what it's become, you know, this, um, you know, this huge, just really Mecca basketball.
1: It's strange because it's so different, but so the same all the time. It's kind of like what's happening with our family. Like people are always say, oh my God, how is it the transition out in California? And all these new things that are going on, but it's still our same family. We have our dogs. We have some of the, you know, the same same furniture, and and it's still it was still the same. So when you drive up to campus, although there's new buildings and stuff, the 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 road is the is the same. Um, you, you know, there's the my dorm I was in. I I when I transferred up there I was in towers. So towers is still there, but you're so one side you're like this is home. And in the other side, you're just so, you, the flip side, you're just so proud to see the growth and what all these people, students, faculty, uh, alumni have done to create just an incredible public university. So I, I think it's, it's, it feels like home and, but I'm so proud of, of the growth and, the, and, and cause it's all positive growth. There's nothing there I'm like, oh my God, we're getting too big or anything like that. Um, yeah.
0: When's the last time you actually got the chance to go to Source?
1: So oddly enough, um, so I signed up for season tickets this year and uh, I called Ted Woodward and I said, hey, I'm actually gonna be in Connecticut through first night and he's like, it's students only, but uh, I can get you in. So I I was there for first night and that was super cool. So much fun. And uh, so I go, sorry, Alex, Alexa.
2: I just say, besides the fact that the basket didn't work and there was actually no scrimmaging, but everything up until then was pretty good.
1: Yeah, and the, and look, I get it. Like I had tickets before, we we had some notoriety, but even then, it was it was fun. But the the students were just so it was not so nice that they embraced me and and I hope they know that like we're in with some things we go as a family some things we go to as a family like the Chargers invited us to something nice I mean I want to go see an NFL game but I'm not a, a a Chargers fan necessarily and and we got we got destroyed for that we went every time we go to a game that we're invited to that isn't a game that we're truly fans of but like no one could say that our, fam- our family isn't, you know, I graduated from UConn. I met my wife through my roommate at UConn who was working in New York City. He introduced us. My kids have went up to, you know, they were on, they've been on court. We've been to ranch the field. Um, we went to the Michigan game there. So they've always, they, they grew up with it. So um, so I'm, I'm glad that for a lot of things people say, a lot of these opportunities we get to do things they're just like people inviting us and we go because it's it's fun and it's cool but when we go to something UConn it's it's special because we've it's been part of our family since we had a fa- since we started this family.
2: So I'm sure some of our listeners would want to know exactly like our, our Dixie and Charlie UConn fans they just kind of roll their eyes when they like are watching you lose your mind at a game or it sounds like you have just went it was a family thing really for a while so I'm sure they grew up with it but What's their kind of? Uh, are they fans, or just kind of casually more so interested?
1: Yeah, I think I think they're fans. Dixie played um, field hockey, so we went up and saw one of the NCAA tournament games of field hockey a few years back. Um, and you know, they're not huge sports fans necessarily. Like they were never. Um, Dixie was into BMX racing and 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 she did track and field and and other sports. So. And then there was a time when I knew Charlie was so coordinated, and I do—I don't know if you ever been to a to a dance recital or something like that, but they're 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 fine. But um, I try to get her into basketball, and there's actually actually a video, and I'm like, come on, you got to try. And I had these thoughts in my head like she's coordinated, she's really good, and she ended up playing and. Uh, just became, started dribbling the ball. I'm like, well, she can dribble better than I can. And she ran point for this little, uh, for this, I, I forgot how old she was, maybe 11, 10. And she did really well. And next season she's like, I'm not doing that again. So, um, but to answer your question, yeah, they're they're fans and they know how, how passionate I am about it. And they know how important it is to me. And Heidi knows how important it is to her. And Heidi's from Louisiana. So she's in, uh, uh, a LSU fan and um I did it I did in my mind always think that I would have one child that would get back to they, they go up to UConn my roommate's daughter is up there now and I and but Dixie um early on was like she wanted the warm weather. And, and that's one thing you don't, that, that's one thing about Yukon that you have to bear with is, is you go visit it during the summer or spring and you're like, wow, this place is amazing. And then a January or February day, you're like, it's, it gets cold up there. So Dixie was like, I'm going to an SEC school. And she got into Alabama. We we're all ready to go. And then this happened and, and she put her education on hold right now.
2: Well, look, I mean, you said Charlie was the more coordinated one, right? So maybe she, you know, she still technically has four years of eligibility. If she wants to get back into basketball, maybe Gina will have a scholarship for her. Up
1: there. I, I think about that. I think about at some time, if not, not that, I mean, people are going to go, yeah, if you think your daughter's playing for UConn, I don't think that, but I do think at some point we watch her often and we're just like, Hey, are you you know this is an exciting life for anybody. This is this is what all young not all but most young people want to have notoriety on social media and become internet famous and all that stuff. And she's living it. But sometimes when you get something maybe a lot of people some just want some sort of a normal, more normal life. And I know I, I think wasn't it Claire Danes who who ended up going back to school and went to Harvard. And so I keep it open right now in her head she's like no way but maybe, you know We'll, we'll, I I wouldn't be shocked if she came and said, dad, I think I'm going to go, go to college next semester. And so I don't know. I, I think UConn's a little bit out of the question just from geography, but who knows?
2: Is there
0: an alternate universe where if TikTokers insist that you think your daughters would be at UConn right now?
1: Probably not. And I'll say the first thing I explained, the I explained the situation with Dixie because she... <laughs> Dixie wanted a few things. She wanted um, big time football. Um, that was one. Warm weather. And um, those are her two things. And we had, I have a niece, both of my nieces on Heidi's side that went, one went to LSU. So she checked out LSU. She checked out Alabama. Interestingly enough, Charlie had a whole plan in place of her life with a, with a vision board so her vision board was to dance her ultimate vision board was to dance for J-Lo and how she was going to do that was the two choreographers that chore- choreograph a lot of J-Lo stuff um, are also choreographed for UNLV and UNLV won the national championship in dance so her plan was to go to UNLV have these choreographers int- her hopefully win a national championship have the choreographers introduce her to j-lo and then she'd become a dancer for j-lo and then this happened and we skipped and i actually brought her as a freshman on an official visit to unlv and but this happened and she skipped the whole thing and ended up meeting j-lo at the super bowl and dancing with with her not in the super bowl but at her at her practice so uh, she had a, she has to rewrite her vision board now
0: Honestly, I gotta say the insight into having that much uh, ability to figure out what they want to do at high school. I wish I knew what I wanted to do back when I was a senior in high school. Cause I, I mean, as Alexa knows, my like entire like path wasn't really even certain until like the last six months of my college year. So like it's 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 awesome to hear that they have that kind of vision and they kind of like, cause it's very different than most people. You know, like to, to find that goal and trying to change with J Lo and now she gets to do that. She got the chance to do that, which is
1: awesome. So I think people think and why I do more podcasts, this is like, this is the type of stuff I'm going to do that. And I I will talk about my family, but people think like we had some master plan and I'm kind of fly by the seat of my pants. I'm like, dude, whatever. We're, I, I, I had, I'm in the clothing business. I had a showroom in New York City, COVID hit. Charlie was like, dad, let's go to, let's go to LA. So it was more like a, more like an extended vacation type thing. I didn't really know that we would we would end up moving here. And then when we were here, people have said, oh, I can't believe they sold their house, but I had cameras at my house. And it was like there was 15, 20 people showing up at our house in Connecticut every day. But back to just what my, my point was like, Charlie is really like not that she, she she knows what she wants. She's definitely um, she's more beyond, beyond her years and a lot of the success that has happened, although I've been able to help in a way, whether it's, you know, being able to financially take them to California and all that stuff. She, she runs, she runs her own offense. She runs her own show. And for someone who's 17, I'm just like some, and I'm like, I hope some of that, she got that rubbing off on, rubbing off from me, but that's just me probably trying to pat myself on the back, but whatever.
2: I love it. I love it. Uh, I wanted to go back to something you said, actually, because you mentioned that your wife went to LSU, and um, I'm sure watching, you know, LSU football over the years versus UConn football over the years is two very different experiences. But I've also seen you tweet a lot about how excited you are that Jamora is going to be in stores now and how, you know, maybe he'll be able to turn the program around. So, Um, I guess from your perspective of watching the football program from afar what has that been like and what what are you excited about with uh, maybe this new chapter that's starting in stores too
1: yeah so that so a couple of things I was look I know where I remember when we were in um, the Yankee conference and you know I remember seeing New Hampshire and Maine and all those games so but for us and I think I tweeted something. Don't doubt UConn because, and that, and that's basically just saying like anything we put our mind to people don't understand that we went from the Yankee conference to a top 20 football team once already. And um, you know, under Edsel and and we had some, some missteps. So I was fortunate enough to have Jim Moore call me, coach Moore call me. And I can't believe how hard he's working and and he's like the energizer bunny he just he just keeps going and he he's doing great on social media and then the other thing is just like I know that there's that we do have some notoriety and if I can use the notoriety to help my school the same way and I'm not putting myself in the category of a Matthew McConaughey or anything but I do see people that have some a platform kind of help out in a way that I want to do. And I also, so back, I'm going to, Alex. I'm going to get to your LSU thing, but I remember at the Michigan-Yukon game when Michigan came to UConn, that was almost like a home game for Michigan. And I was like, dude, we have to do a better job, especially in, in, at home. But then if you want to talk about traveling, we went to a UCLA-LSU game and the LSU alumni Came in there, and they had a band. They had a they had three tents. The guy that owns raising, um, raising uh, Raisin canes, um, I, I guess a fast food company, like just invited us. And Tommy Lee was there, and it was it was a huge LSU party on the campus, well on the campus, but um, at, at the football stadium at, at UCLA. And like, like, that's how I want us to travel. Like I want us and I want to do, I want to do stuff like that. And I'm willing to, you know, put my name out there, put my money up there to, to do things. But if we're going to come to a place, we need to, we need to have a strong presence uh, in East Hartford to make sure that we're, we're loud, we're proud. And that place is sold out and then get to the point where we travel strong and we do events. And, you know, I'm, I'm raising my hand. That's why I was asking like, who does the tailgates there? Because I, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I don't want to do my own. But if we can get something where I help either financially or I help by, by, by you know, bringing, bringing my family through, I just want to be careful that it doesn't turn into, I don't want it to take the spotlight off of us to take the spotlight off of UConn football. If, it, if it's enhancing and, and people are like, hey, great, the D'Amelio's there, that's cool. I love it. So that's kind of my two cents on it.
0: No, that's, that's awesome to hear and you know especially as, as Georgia grad I understand 100% like football culture is just crazy in the SEC. Oh, you
1: just want to throw that out right now huh oh I had to I
0: had to I mean you probably saw my tweet celebrating I was very very happy um, but anyways I mean I guess we want to ask like what are your thoughts on the men's program this year and the women's program they've, they've I mean especially on the women's side it's, it's a little different than a typical year of dominance because um, injuries and stuff like that. And the men's side, it shows
1: a lot of promise, I guess. What are your thoughts overall? I mean, even through the look people out of the 30 years that both Yukon men and women have been good, you know, 30% of those, of those years um, women have won approximately 30% of the women's have won championships and, you know, a smaller percentage for the men. So they're not going to be good every year and they're not going to win a national championship as much as we'd like it. They're not going to win a national championship every year. Um, I feel the men's over the last couple of years is starting to get back to those teams that I remember um, when, even before we started getting all Americans and, and, and McDonald's, all Americans, they were really good, solid teams. And you look at, you look at the roster on the men's side and, and, and they're, I feel like they, they could, they could be, you know, they're, they're definitely a top, look, I think they're a top 20 team. I think they, if they would have won a few, a couple of those games, they'd still be in the top 20. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're going to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, could they make it to a Sweet 16? I'd love that. Um, so I'm excited. I feel like this is a throwback to what I experienced, what we've all experienced of a team that, and, and, and a program that has potential to, to be a, a national powerhouse again. On, on the women's side, I mean, you, you know, you got Paige is, is, is hurt and, you know, dude, do not <laughs> discount Gina Oriama. He's just, that dude is, he's going to, you know, he's going, he's going to, we're going, we're, UConn women's, are going to, women's team is going to be just fine. So excited about both of them.
2: I have to ask, is there, I don't know if you've ever met Gino, but I feel like with the Italian connection, there could be something there between the two of you.
1: I, I, look, I'm a, I'm a huge fan and um, I, I went to his restaurant. I love his uh, meatballs. I think they closed the restaurant on, on campus, but I, no, I've never met him. I would, I would love to go, get an Italian dinner with him one night and ho- hopefully we can. I don't think we're on his radar as kids in like Danny Hurley's kids I think are around my daughter maybe my daughter's age so I was fortunate enough to meet him he's a rock star man I I, it was like I was just talking to some guy he I went to the to the practice facility and and Ted introduced me to him and it was just like I was talking to a buddy of mine and he just you know no pretense just straight up New Jersey guy talking to another northeast tri-state area guy um I do not I've never met uh, Gino and uh, but hopefully hopefully we will I think when I was there for first night he was he had uh, recruits there and he's probably like who's this guy I, you know, what is it, TikTok his daughter's I, I. <laughs> so
2: yeah not gonna lie but Gino might not know what t- actually his players are on it enough maybe he just has heard of it but yeah I don't he's a but yeah, he's like a down-to-earth Italian guy, too, I think, when you get to know him. So you probably would be able to be able to talk to each other about other stuff. Yeah,
1: I'm willing, you know, if, if there's any sort of auction or anything, to dinner with Gino, uh, let, me, let me know, and I'll, 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 I'll try to get a I'll bid for that. So. And now we'll take a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
0: This Hartford Current podcast is being brought to you by the Hartford Law Firm of Riscassi and Davis. Connecticut's nationally recognized personal injury law firm protecting the rights of the injured for over 60 years.
2: So you were telling us a little bit before we uh you know started recording but you actually got a little watch party together in LA for the UConn St. John's game so can you tell um, tell our listeners a little bit about what that's about and if anyone's listening from LA where they can find you and your group moving forward.
1: Yeah so I have a friend out here who um we were we were close at UConn um, named Sean Fay, who was a punter for UConn and uh, he really good guy. And he moved out to LA, but I've been following um, him on Facebook and my other buddy, Brad Fox. So they're all like 91 graduates. And so I have these pockets of friends out here, but with COVID it's everybody's not been doing much for obvious reasons. So um, we were thinking about another guy, Rob Skinner, who is, a big alum big UConn supporter is out here a little he's not in LA he's a little bit I think north and he said hey I'm thinking about going to the St. John's game so I posted it and then I said what if I don't go I'm going to give the tickets out on Twitter and so he decided not to go so we weren't going and then I said look it would be so cool I'm going to tweet it and I didn't necessarily know whether I should do something at my house and then um uh Sean was like, "Hey, there's a restaurant. There's a there's a bar on Sunset." I'm like, "Dude, I'm right off of Sunset. Let's. What's the name of the place?" So, this place, Rock and Riley's. We got in contact with them, and then I tweeted it. I invited a couple of my friends, and then I put it on the Yukon West, Yukon L.A. Facebook page, and like, so we. I probably had five or six of people that I knew. My wife showed up, and then we had another six or seven people that just. Came through and we had the upstairs of this restaurant bar. We had food and drinks and we watched the game and we we uh, got a little nervous going into overtime. And I'd love to build. Uh, Caroline from the um, from Yukon, from who works um, out here, came to the event and she said there's almost, I can't believe this stat, but maybe it's true. She said there's 5,000 alumni in California. So, hopefully we tap into them and we do some bigger events out here. And, but it was great seeing, being out here and feeling like we we're in Connecticut, um, in just an Irish pub, having, having some drinks and, and eating some bar food was watching Yukon was, was something I haven't done in a really long time.
0: No, that's awesome. It's awesome. I know. Before the Seton Hall game, you're looking for a place to watch the game because it was like early 9 a.m. West Coast game. Did you end up finding a place? And what did you end up finding? An IHOP. If you did,
1: I I, I, I I tweeted it out, and then um, there were no there were no, uh, no nobody was interested. Actually, someone did say, "Hey, I'm going to be in Santa Monica, and there was a place that does open early." And I just I just woke up and and went downstairs in my pajamas and 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 kicked my feet up on the couch. But that's that's the f- funny thing about being in the West coast is those games that start at n- even NFL games start early here, but a 9am game, but I just watched it by myself.
2: Hey, nothing wrong with watching basketball in your pajamas as far as I'm concerned. So right. <laughs> we did actually have a few, uh, uh, listeners and follow people on Twitter, submit uh, questions that they wanted to ask you. Great. um so we covered a lot of people wanted to know your favorite like UConn memory and player so I think we covered that but someone asked if you had a favorite UConn rivalry for either the men's or women's teams um I guess but the teams themselves but also um any coaching rivalries that you really like
1: yeah um well that for probably believe it or not i loved the i had a lot of friends that went to providence and that whole yukon providence robbery because they were really good they made the final four um i guess i think it was a year with syracuse probably in the in 87 or or something like that and um they would they they were good before we were good so when we started to 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 get good and beat them, that was always one that was was good. I have a couple of friends from high school that went to Providence, so I have that little bit of a rivalry. Obviously, the Duke rivalry, like that that whole thing when when they beat us uh, in New Jersey in East Rutherford, the Duke rivalry, but that that's obvious. I mean, the, unless you go to Duke, you hate Duke. So, or that that's that's the that's the way it is. Um, coaches. Um, yeah, I love Calhoun against anybody I just love he it seemed like even if he loved the guy when he would always just be he had his game face on and and uh and, and w- would battle but yeah probably Duke the obvious one Providence it's probably the not so obvious
0: okay awesome and then I guess another question uh we got was which current UConn player would you want to do a TikTok with if any <laughs>
1: Um, that's a good question. Look, so I am actually, I'm in the clothing business and, uh, Jalen Gaffney's dad is in the clothing business and, um, he and I have got, I I think he'd be, I I think probably, uh, me and Jalen would, would, would do a great TikTok together. I'm sure. So, and actually we'll make, we'll make that happen if he wants to make that happen next time on campus. Um, so, and I'm a big Jalen fan. I think, I think he's, uh, you know, um, I, I think he's—he hasn't even struggled. He's just—he's—he. He, the people are going to say he, I'm crazy. He has struggled, but he—he's a really good player. I hope he comes into his own and 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 uh becomes a big big asset for UConn. So.
2: I appreciate that. I don't think I even thought of Jalen as a possibility, but you know what? Little dark horse candidate there. Power to him. Maybe you'll hear this, and he's going to come out and have a you, you know, know really strong we, rest
1: of the season <laughs> we message each other back and forth I think see this is what this is going to be a people are going to think I'm crazy but like with a guy who was a uh, very good in high school who's used to being a star I think once they come when they come off the bench they 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 push too hard sometimes and they try to to they're used to being they're used to making plays they're used to being and I think there's probably a little bit of of nervous energy and wants to get wants to increase his minutes so you know I, I would I would stick with him because I've seen some things with him that that I think if he gets his confidence back he, he could be a huge asset for UConn so and, and I know Twitter will disagree with me on that because I've seen I've seen that but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say and I, I like um I love RJ Cole um I think you know I've seen a couple times where where he he's wants to close out the game and probably takes a shot that he should, he should pass or drive. And, and, but I mean, he reminds me of one of those point guards that we've had in the past, like in Elamine like just one of those guys that is a workhorse that you could depend on. So, and, and I don't know what his TikTok game is like though, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what we'll, we'll find out.
2: Whoever's listening can uh we'll have to, you know, tell the, tell them that you're wearing a Yukon uh jacket right now so you're definitely representing uh I,
1: I am I have I have uh, a bu- a closet full of uh, uh of Yukon gear so We
2: love it. Awesome. Love it. Thanks so much Mark for coming on. Um Mark uh if Yukon fans want to follow you um across social media for you know your general stuff or also just for your Yukon analysis where can they find you?
1: Uh, I'm at Mark D'Amelio on all socials and I will say one thing to the fans of my daughters if it's a UConn post (laughs) save it for save the. will you follow me stuff for another post you're driving UConn fans crazy I love you we appreciate we appreciate all of you but let's kind of segment the Demilio's family daughters TikTok social media stuff on one, but if it's a UConn post, let's just keep it about UConn or get to know UConn. And 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 uh, if we can grab some future students and some fans, I'm all for it. But I, I think you're driving UConn fans crazy when you're like, "Mark, please follow me. Please follow me." <laughs> The Twitter
0: spaces you had come on that one day with a bunch of uh, this thing. And I actually gave the mic to somebody and she was like, I don't speak English, but I completely agree with everything you said. And I was like, UConn fans were cracking up so much. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I got a couple of messages like, can you tell Mark that I love him and his family? I was like, I don't to do that, but I, I'll keep that note. <laughs>
1: That's, that, it, no, it's, it's, it's I an feel interesting Like movie. I look at it, I'm like, guys read the room this is about (laughs) you know so whatever it it is what it is they're all the our not our fans but the people that follow us are are they're they're incredible we owe so much to them so but uh but same with you man it's uh so i want to like segment them a little bit so
0: no absolutely you'll have to come on the twitter spaces tonight at 8 et i don't know if you're available yeah what's it so
1: that's um 5 p.m Yeah. yeah Okay. I'm, I'm just working at my desk. so <laughs> come great. If
2: You have hot takes on RJ Cole, like Shea Soto.
1: <laughs> <laughs> RJ, man. So wait, who who are you guys like looking at on the team? That obviously the freshman is is you know he's a, he's Jordan's a, a stud, and but like who else are you guys thinking? Because you see more than what we see. Obviously, you see practices and things like that. What what are your thoughts? Well, unfortunately, we don't get to see practices with COVID stuff going on.
0: Oh, but, yeah. Um, I mean, I honestly, I, I was just writing up a, a story on Snowgo, and, you know, the way he's played the last couple of days is like Big East Player of the Year kind of contender. Um, this is like the player that UConn fans wanted to see more of, and he's not even quite 100%. He's playing through some pain, um, as you said, after seeing Hall j- game. Um, I think he's so, so huge and pivotal to UConn's kind of success long term um I've said Tyrese Martin huge huge fan of his game because he does a little bit of everything Um, I've been harsh on R.J. Cole as Alexa knows um just because I I expect you know like he's the guy that takes those tough shots and I think sometimes he gets in that rhythm of taking too many tough shots because nobody else wants to shoot um but he's a fantastic player himself um and you know he's one of the leaders on the team that everyone kind of looks to um I really think the X factors for UConn season is, is Andre Jackson and Jordan Hawkins. I think those two guys, um, you know, if they can figure it out and be consistent, that's probably gonna drive them deeper in the tournament than anything else.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that insight. I don't get to see obviously that many games up close. So, but watching it on, on TV, I, I definitely feel, feel the same way. Awesome! <laughs> awesome. Cool, man. Right on everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, this was awesome. This was cool. I'm I'm available anytime you guys want to talk UConn basketball.
0: That's perfect. I think I'll have to meet you. I'll be covering some football this season, so we'll definitely meet in person. I'll introduce myself then. All right, great, awesome. Thanks, Bye. Mark. This is really
2: Thank fun.
0: Thank you. Awesome.
2: Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to this Hartford Current UConn Insider podcast, and thanks as always to our sponsor Riscassian Davis.